0: There are times when you might feel aimless You can't see the places where you belong But you will find that there is a purpose It's been there within you
1: all along
0: When you're near it, you can almost hear it Like a symphony, just keep listening, and pretty soon you'll start to figure out your heart. Everyone plays a feast, and there are melodies. Each one of us, oh, it's glorious! Good morning. is a mother's yes, a pro-life show with a message of hope. God has a plan and will for our lives. Are we willing to say yes to God and trust in
2: his ways? Thank you, Anella. That was my daughter, Anella. She wanted to introduce the show. I'm your host, Catherine Jenkins, and today we're going to start off the show by saying a prayer to Pope John Paul. Pope John Paul, we ask for your intercession, that eyes will be open to the dignity of every human person, especially the most innocent and defenseless in the womb. We need the grace to be protectors, defenders, and lovers of unborn lives. We also pray for your help in supporting the vulnerable mothers of the unborn, that they don't feel alone in their anxieties, but experience hope and love through a community of faith. Help us be that community. We also pray for mothers... Fathers and grandparents that have chose abortion, that they experience the healing mercy of God in the sacrament of confession and know in their hearts that in John 3.17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He loves us. St. John Paul, help us return Jesus' love through the perfect reflections of him in this world, the pure and holy babies. Amen. You can always hear a podcast of the show online at WPMW.org or receive it directly to your mobile device every time a new episode comes out. On the website, just look for a Mother's Yes icon and link to podcast. Once again, Radio Cormier's website is WPMW.org. Today we have on the show Kathy Hill. She is the Mass Regional Coordinator for Silent No More Awareness Campaign. She is also the Mass State Ambassador for the Surrendering the Secret, a post-abortion healing Bible study. She is a volunteer counselor at Abundant Hope Pregnancy Resource Center in Attleboro. She is a mother of five children, ages 23 for her twin boy and girl, a 20-year-old son, a 17-year-old daughter, and 11-year-old son. She has been married for 30 years. The Hills are members of St. Mary's Parish and Mansfield Mass., Today, we're going to talk about Silent No More. Thank you, Kathy, for coming on. Kathy, thank you so much for inviting me.
3: Awesome. So
2: I would love for you to start talking about what is Silent No More for people who've never heard of it.
3: Silent No More is an awareness campaign um, that mobilizes and equips the entire pro-life movement to really understand the wound that abortion inflicts on women. Um, it's, It's a sisterhood of women who feel that they don't have a voice after they've had an abortion and they are suffering from it and our society tells them that um look this was your choice what's wrong with you um why are you you shouldn't be sad you can be sad for a couple of weeks but you know shouldn't you just move on and women don't just move on they bury this for years and years many even decades and what we do at Silent No More is we want to reach out to those women Because we are all, um, have been involved in abortion in some fashion. Most of the women involved in Silent No More have Mm -hmm. had an abortion themselves. So they have, they have walked um, that journey and they know how difficult it is. So we want to reach out for them and we know that they need healing. And my job as the Mass regional coordinator is to find them a healing program somewhere in the state, um, hopefully close to where they are, so that they can reach out and go and, and get healed. And our job is to educate the public that everyone Especially these days said, you know, abortion is, you know, it's, it's an option. It's an answer and it's good for women. I mean, heck, we're even starting to call it healthcare now. <laughs> it's not healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're there to say is that no, in fact, abortion is not good for women. Uh, let me tell you my story. So that's basically, we are just in a, an awareness campaign reaching out to one woman at a time.
2: So in when the women go for healing, what, what are they going to find there? What's going to help them know that this is going to work for them? Because I've known women that are so fearful of facing that that abortion and pulling it out of deep within them. What can you say that's going to make them want to look up Silent No More and and find out how they can get healed from that abortion?
3: The first thing I would tell them is, if you've had an abortion, just go check out the website because you don't have to say anything. Um, on that website, there are um, 17,000 people who have registered their regret w- of their abortion. You're in good company. You're not alone. It's probably the first time you might even feel that way when you get on there. We have 2,400 testimonies posted on the website that you can read through and we've got them actually delineated in different one if you were too young when you had your abortion if you were too old right. um if your your parents pressured you if you were raped if it was incest there is something there for you we have it for men as well we have it for grandparents as well so there is an awful lot of information there there's also 400 very brave people who gave their video testimony about their abortion so that's the first thing that you can you can find on that website what you'll see on that website too is um, there's an awful lot of videos silent no more these are the women that stand on the steps of the supreme court every march for life in january in dc and their signs say i regret my abortion um so th- that's kind of who they are. That's how people know them, um, first of all. But then we have the website that can be just a healing source all by itself. If you click on Massachusetts, you will find me. You'll find my picture, my story, um, and how to get in touch with me. And, but locally... What we do is there are many healing programs throughout the state. All of the, um, not all, but most of the primary, um, re- pregnancy resource centers have some kind of a healing program. Um, you know, there are, it's, there are many. The one that I run in Attleboro is called Surrendering the Secret. There's one called, um, Forgiven and Set Free. Um, there are even secular. Um, healing programs that, that, that aren't quite as scriptural based, but they're there as well. There is Rachel's Vineyard and, um, which is really a, uh, go to a retreat for a day or even a weekend. And what they're going to find there probably for the first time is somebody who will listen to them. Many women, when they come in for their uh, first day of healing, it's the first time they've told the story to anyone. Mm-hmm. Generally, women, they're less than five people and most women's life who even know that they've had an abortion so this is not something that they're talking about um you know on the soccer field as moms or whatever right, right.
2: so aside from from these retreats and these bible studies for healing what if someone confesses their abortion
3: to a friend or a loved one what is the loved one supposed to say the first thing that they should say is I still love you. <laughs> but that is one of the biggest fears that women have is when they start to talk about their story of their abortion, that people are going to automatically reject them and think that they're evil and they're dirty and that they're guilty. And that is not the thing that you want to do. The most important thing for a friend to do or anyone who's sitting there having listening to someone's abortion story is to just listen. Let them talk. Um, when I was in school, my... Uh, roommate had an abortion and, um, I didn't, we didn't talk about it. We talked about it for a few days after I helped her go. I drove her. Um, and we talked about it for a few days after and then, um, maybe once or twice a sentence or two for the next 28 years until Mm -hmm. I, God put me on a path to, to learn, to be trained in the Bible study, my healing Bible study, surrendering the secret. And I went to her, and I I invited her to lunch, and I told her what I had been, and I said, I was a terrible friend to you because I didn't tell you the truth then because the whole time I knew it was wrong, and I never spoke a word. I didn't have the courage. I didn't know what words to say, but I simply said to her, you know what? I never asked you how you were doing. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And she started to, you know, she cried and let them cry. Everyone thinks they shouldn't cry. They need to cry. Every tear that comes out is mm-hmm. is healing because it takes this enormous burden that they have stuffed down so deep inside their soul, and that is letting it come out. And you just want them to tell the truth. When you go to one of the healing programs, though, it's not like you have to tell your whole story on the very first day to end people that you don't know. It doesn't work like that. You go at your own pace. And we trust that God, if you're listening to this radio broadcast right now, and that God has said, it's your time. It's your time to be healed. And women will know that it is their time. It doesn't make it easy, but it is their time to be healed. And in in the first um, session of our Bible study, we talk about how you are going to be asked to go back and intentionally remember probably the most traumatic day of your life. And it's going to be hard, and it's going to hurt, but we promise that God's going to get you through. We're going to get you through. We actually hook up little um, hiking carabiners to one of you know, like people, rock climbers, they pound them into the stone. And we hook them up together so that we know we're stronger together. And it's just a visual that we have, and it sits in the middle of the table, and we say, we're going to get you. We're going to help. When we fall, we're going to help you up. When we cry, we're going to cry with you. When you laugh, we're going to laugh with you. Um, so it is um, very – it's a it's a difficult journey. And, um, you know, we, we go step by step and, and a woman will, and every woman is different how much they're willing to share each, each week. And that's the beauty of going for like an eight week program for Given and Set Free. I think it's 10 weeks that you get more comfortable with the people that you're with and you get more comfortable with your own story. Mm-hmm. So you're willing every week to share just a little bit more. And there's just nothing but love and woman sitting around just, you know, willing to hold you up and to, to value. Validate you and to love you and and to say, you know, it's okay. Look at Jesus on the cross. This is what He did for you. He loves you more than anything, and that is really the mm-hmm. healing, the healing journey that a woman needs to yeah. take. They need to learn Jesus' mercy is so
2: much mercy for them. And um, mm-hmm. I think, if in the past, for a, a post-abortive mother, I've heard that I know Jesus forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. Mm-hmm. What do we say to these women
3: that had to help them forgive themselves to get healing? Hands down that is the hardest part for most women because every women know that God will forgive them. Um but it is that that step to say I receive that forgiveness. And that's what they need to do is to accept and receive God's forgiveness. And what we tell them is that if they are struggling to forgive themselves. They are actually placing themselves above the cross. They're saying, Jesus, I know that you died for me and you rose from the dead for me and you love me unconditionally, but it's just not enough. I need more. I need to forgive myself some other way. So it's really a form of idolatry to Mm. say that my sin is above Jesus' sacrifice. Mm. And when you tell a woman that, it really is, it's, it's more, it's, it's liberating to her to say, yes, it's okay to receive the right. Lord's forgiveness. This was the whole point of him going to the cross. It was absolutely for you. Right. That's powerful. He didn't die for nothing. Right. Yeah. And that's really the, the point that we try to, to make them that, yes, he loves you that much. I, there, I, one of my studies, I had a woman, she had had three abortions and we give them the, the book before we start. So they read the first chapter and we came in and this woman, oh my gosh, she wasn't even five foot tall. She was so tiny and she was so sad that she had lost a whole family. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know what? I didn't know God loved me this much. And that it just struck me and that will stay with me forever that, yep, you get into scripture and you really learn Mm. how much God loves you. And it's my John 32 is my favorite scripture where it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So many people concentrate just on the truth shall set you free. Well, uh-uh, you're not going to get there until you know mm. the truth. And that is what we do with Scripture is we teach the truth. And then that's where the freedom comes from a woman learning to accept her forgiveness. Now, it doesn't happen right away. Mm. I always tell them, I wish I had a pill that I could give to you, right. and this would make it really easy. Um, it doesn't work that way. It takes it's meditation. Journey. And it it is a journey, absolute journey. And what do you say for fathers? Because they they suffer in a, a different
2: way because they're supposed to be the protectors of their children. Um, Cause I, I know someone in the past who I actually dated and he confided in me that, that he hadn't past abortion. And he said he knew, he knew what he was doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then the following year he couldn't sleep in his bed. He had to sleep on the floor and he was, you know, he, he resorted to antidepressants and all these things. And, I wasn't educated enough to know what to say to him. Just, I'm sorry. But but what would you say to a post-abortive father?
3: Men suffer um, just as much as women. And they suffer in a, a slightly different way in that they are the protectors of their children and they didn't protect them. Um, and for every man involved in an abortion, there is a a different story. There's a different reaction. Um, but they all, men always say, I'll support you in whatever you want to do. And that's what I said too, because Mm -hmm. that's what we're told. You know, it's, it's a woman's body. It's her choice. You know, whatever she wants to do. I mean, that's her right. Um, but no, you need to look out for the right of the child. Mm-hmm. First of all, the child is not the mother's body. It is, the child is its own separate body. And soul. With, and soul, absolutely. Um, but fathers, they, they feel that loss of control. They, they know that they've lost their fatherhood. And, um, it's devastating to know that you have been part of, you know, the intentional destruction of your own child. And you need to, you need to look at that and, and understand it and do take that same journey that the women take in our program. We, I had a session with a gentleman who, was involved in an abortion hit was um he was engaged mm-hmm. and um they didn't want anyone to know before they got married so it was 30 years later god just he said he was just sitting in his chair and god just it overwhelmed him the sadness wow. that came to him and he knew he needed healing and i was also in that same session we were with a, a grandfather whose daughter had had an abortion and he had also paid for his son's girlfriend's abortion and realized he didn't even know the Lord at that point and had come to know Jesus. And he's like, what have I done? So they need to take that same journey. And it is difficult to look at, but we always say it's like, you don't want to put a Band-Aid on this wound. This wound is, is infected and it's bleeding and it's deep and you need to address it. Don't just put the band-aid on it in order to heal it we need to take that band-aid off and we'll take it off slowly mm-hmm. and we will put some nice calming um salve on it to mm-hmm. to take care of it and of course that's the love of god that we put on there and um but sometimes so, it hurts to take off a band-aid it, indeed it does <laughs> it does and and this is is a hard thing but healing will come Absolutely, it will come. I have been blessed to be able to watch this happen over and over in the study that I do. And to to watch God work in in the hearts and souls of of all of these precious people sitting in front of me is is overwhelming. Do you know anything about statistics or
2: something on the anniversary of the death of a child? There's suicide.
3: Um, I haven't heard that. Uh, that on the anniversary of the death, there, that women will commit suicide. Absolutely on the anniversary of, um, a woman's abortion, um, many range of emotions on that day. Mm-hmm. And it's a difficult day. And also the day that the child was supposed to be born. Is a difficult day for those, for those moms. Um, they also, I mean, Christmas morning is a difficult day because somebody's missing. If you, you know, if you go and you have other children. So that is, that is a very hard, hard thing to do. Um, what I, I do know, suicide is definitely a, um, a, a correlation between suicide and having had an abortion. And, um, the one, one study that I know of says that um abortion a woman who has had an abortion in the next 12 months is four times more likely to die than a woman who's been pregnant and taken that child to term um so I'm not sure that most of that is suicide but uh the sad part is that many women attempt suicide mm-hmm. and I've chatted with them and it's it's everything from you know just trying to slice your wrist, take pills, whatever. And also women who just say, I am driving in my car and I just hope I get in an accident and I die because I can't handle that. And I think that that study kind of reflects maybe some of that riskier behavior that or you're just not self-destructive so cuz you're just not loving yourself anymore. Exactly. And and not being not understanding what to do with all of that emotion cuz who do you talk to about that? Well, I know who to talk to. Mm-hmm. You come and you talk Kathy to Kathy Hill. Kathy Hill. That's <laughs> silent no more. And um, or your local pregnancy center, they'll know how to find us, or you, it's on. Do you have a phone number you can say? Um, I we do everything um, through um, email mostly. You okay. can email me, or you can call any pregnancy center that I'm at. It's 508 455 0425. And, um, but just really online is is really the way to go. Get comfortable with your story, and, and um, when I talk to women on the phone they will um it's hard for them to talk they sometimes cry and i'll sit i'll talk to you for two hours i don't care (laughs) i you know every we put everything aside because this is your time to to find healing and um we want you to we want you healed god wants you healed
2: i read that there's a lot of young
3: and confused mothers that get an abortion
2: and they don't even realize that it's a life inside them because they've been told oh it's just a medical procedure it's removing a blob of tissue, and the doctor's saying it. The it's legal. Uh, your parents are saying go do it, so of course you go do it. You don't think anything's wrong, and then you realize years later what really took place. But there's also fifty percent that know that they are ending a human life. Have you experienced a difference in the mourning between the mothers that know versus the mothers that don't know that they were committing
3: a grave sin? That's an interesting question. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's a difference in the mourning. I think a mother's heart mourning the loss of her own child at her own hand, um, is pretty much the same. What we do see that's different are, um, generally younger mothers, as you say, who are forced by their parents to have an abortion. Um, that, Lack of control is really, it's its a much more difficult journey for healing mm-hmm. for them because these were people who loved them and they put them in this position right. to take the life of their own child. And so there is that complete distress that they're working on and um, it really just kind of, it damages that, that bond between parents or, or friends or relatives who are forcing them into this. So we do see... A lot of that. But women, absolutely, they... Uh, This is the big lie, and it is a lie. (laughs) Look in your high school freshman biology book, Mm -hmm. and it will tell you, at conception, a new life is formed. It is that The child is its own complete organism. It is Mm -hmm. not part of the mother. It has its own DNA. If it were part of your body, you would then have two heads, four legs, and four arms. And if you're a woman, you'd have male parts. I mean, it's just, it is a complete lie when people say that it is tissue and the heart is beating before you even realize that you're pregnant 21 days 21 days after conception you, yeah, you hardly missed your first period mm-hmm. and you are kind of wondering, oh, maybe I'm just late. Maybe I'm sick, whatever. That baby's heart is, is beating. And that's why we love ultrasound because ultrasound and technology has really taken away the pro-choice world's ability to lie to us, to say this is not a child. We have 4D ultrasounds now that it is like a picture of that child in the womb and you mm-hmm. see family features. You, it looks like somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, that is absolutely the lie. With my son, I saw him put his thumb in his mouth. Oh, and, um,
2: usually, you know, you just see the outline of the baby and you're like, Oh, look, it's a baby. When he, but when he actually put it in his mouth, it was so amazing because it's like, wow, like look at him move around in there. And he's acting like a baby outside the womb. Right, you know, absolutely. So it was so, it was touching. What to, a
3: precious gift that yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 90% of women, who see their child in an ultrasound will choose to have that baby. Wow, that is how powerful those those um, pictures are. Which is why at all abortion clinics, Planned Parenthood, they are not going to show you that abortion because they know they're going to lose their five hundred and a thousand bucks. You're going to get up and you're going to walk out, so they will not let you even see that child. Right, which is just devastating. And a lot of women say. Um, you know, later on after their abortion, when they realized that they had had that ultrasound, because they must, they have to do an ultrasound to see how far along you are. Mm -hmm. And, um, to know what procedure to use for your abortion. And, um, when women realize that they were looking at their child, they're, they're just devastated Mm -hmm. because they didn't, they don't say that. And, um, it's just, it's, it's tragic all the way around. It's just, this is, this is what lies do.
2: And lately there's been a growing trend of, of being proud of your abortion. I don't know if you've seen it online. There's just viral videos of girls talking about their abortion and how it didn't hurt and how it was, it was fine. And, and she's proud and she wants to spread the message so other people won't, they don't want that stigma around it. They say it's the Christian shame and guilt stigma. And they want to, to erase the, the lines and say, you know, we should be able to talk about like you. You're saying silent no more. Let's not, let's not hide it anymore. But they want to, they want to bring it out where it's, it's a norm and it's okay. And it's just like any other procedure. Um, what do you say to those girls that, that are so proud of their abortions and they think other people should have them too?
3: Right. Generally, those girls who are saying how proud they are are, have not had their abortion or have just recently had their abortion. When I say recently, I mean generally, um, five years between five and 10 years is when women really realize what's going on. Absolutely. Women initially Mm -hmm. are relieved. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to be unpregnant. And when they walk out of that abortion clinic, they are unpregnant, but they, what happens is they realize They can never really go back to being unpregnant. that indeed they were a mother and they have taken the life of their own child. What I would say to those women is, um, tell me about your story. Mm -hmm. And they will, they, in terms of the details, you know, tell me what happened. You walked in and what happened? Then they turned on that suction machine and like, how did you feel? And what, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is when women start, they can't, they break down. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, many women will say that they, you know, they're proud because they need to justify mm-hmm. what they've done. Mm-hmm. And if they have to realize that what they've done is is this difficult a, a, a reality that they have taken the life of their own child then they don't know they know that they'll break down mm-hmm. so there's a real cognitive dissonance between that you think that that this is absolutely the right thing to do because then how do you uh, how do you justify that to yourself think of like our country you know how can our country justify if we learned that it, the whole country decided that indeed abortion was awful that's an unbelievable emotional burden that indeed we have the lives of these 60 million babies on our hands. Now, of course, we Christians know this, and <laughs> this is why we pray, and this is why we do this. Um, but there are so many who this is, this is too difficult a reality to see.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, in conclusion, I really want to touch upon reuniting, mothers reuniting with their children just to bring in that closure and, and just to remind mothers who are listening that, that you will see your
3: child again. hmm. This think? is hands down my favorite part. Part of our um, Bible study is a memorial service. Mm-hmm. My favorite night of the entire thing. Um, we connect women spiritually with their babies. We ask them to bring a flower that reminds them of their child mm-hmm. and we ask them to write a letter to their child. And, um, they read that letter at this memorial service. We set up a little altar actually with, um, we have a, a cross and I have an angel that's holding a baby and we, we have candles and it is a very, very sweet moment where a mother can, we, we tell her that you can't say goodbye to your child until you've said hello. So that's why we ask, it's really quite intriguing. We ask women to pray to the Lord for a vision of their child and God is so good what he the visions that people have seen they have seen hair color eye color wow. they have seen tall many women see don't see their children as babies they see them as like 20 year olds and they they really believe in their heart that these children have a mission in heaven from god there's their their souls are there they're eternal and that is we we name the baby and we that from then on there we 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 talk about their child by their name mm. and it, it we. Really moves a woman from that pain and horror and blood and that desperation of that day of her abortion to having a daughter, to having a son, Mm -hmm. and and we say talk to that child, you know, call that child by name, pray to them every day, Um, use this flower, you know, every time you see a flower like this, think of your child. Mm -hmm. So that's really. What we do to bring a mother to her child. And my yeah. favorite scripture for that, and please, just one second to tell you this is when you think of King David and, um, King David, obviously with Bathsheba, they had an adulterous relationship. She got pregnant and, um, David sent her husband to the front lines to die. Uriah. And, um, so David and, as, was praying for that child not to die. God, God said he was going to take that child from them. And he prayed and he fasted not to take that child. When the child died, he stopped. And everybody was like, why aren't you praying? Why aren't you fasting, like, you know, for your child? And he's like, I know that I cannot go to my child. or um, My child cannot come to me, but one day I will go to my child. Mm. And that's me. If that's good enough for King David, that is good enough for me because God's promises to David are God's promises to us. Mm. So we know, hands down, we are going to see our children again in heaven. Mm-hmm.
2: And I, in my heart, I believe that they're praying for us and praying Absolutely. for the mother. And even on a scientific level, I heard that um, when, you, when you conceive a child, some of their cells go into your body. There's an exchange. And... um into your bloodstream. And whenever you get sick, the the child cells go with the white blood cells to wherever you're sick and help fight off that illness. So even... Not just spiritually as your child fighting for you from heaven, but even physically in the physical realm, the child is still with you. That's
3: fantastic. Yeah.
2: It's amazing. It's yeah, such uh, a miracle.
3: It's like God, God figured this out and he knows how this all works. It's a beautiful and his creation of human life is, is the best thing. Um, you know, is the greatest gift that we can all have. So. Um, yeah, I've actually, there was one woman who in praying for a vision of her child said that her child was on his knees and he was praying for her. Wow. And that is as healing as you can come. And Mm -hmm. what a, what a incredible gift from God that is. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And speaking
2: of prayer, uh, I'd love to say a rosary with you for the mothers of the unborn that were never born, um, and any family members involved, um, and for mothers right now who are contemplating abortion, that they may see the light and realize the truth. But first we will listen from our reporter out in Attleboro.
1: Ave Maria. Good morning, listeners of A Mother's Yes. I am Sister Maximilian Therese, reporting for Radio Maria from across the street from the abortion clinic at Four Women Incorporated in Attleboro, Massachusetts. On the Saturday morning of November 5th, which is the Saturday before our national presidential elections. The weather is frosty and the leaves are falling from the trees, a sure sign of a transition of things. There are ten people praying the rosary at Angel Park. There are three people holding signs with a beautiful statue of Our Lady of Grace on the table, certainly indicating our our Blessed Mother's presence among us. There is a man kneeling before the abortion clinic. And um, it has been relatively quiet. There are no cars parked in front of the abortion clinic. And not much has transpired this morning, thanks be to God. We do um, notice that there are cars and trucks um, driving by. One in particular yelled, get a life at us. With The irony being, of course, that we are here to pray for life. We are hoping that these parents will give their children an opportunity for life. So let us pray on the eve of our presidential elections for a culture of life, for the conversion of the hearts and mind of our fellow citizens, that we may vote for that candidate and that party, which will bring about a new culture of life, and that our hearts may turn to God again. This has been Sister Maximilian Therese reporting for A Mother's Yes. Ave Maria. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe
2: in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead.
3: I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. For an increase of faith.
2: Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
3: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. For an increase of hope.
2: Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee.
3: O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most
2: need of thy mercy. The First Sorrowful Mystery The Agony in the Garden Jesus comes with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane and prays to be delivered from his passion, but most of all, to do the Father's will. Let us pray that Christ might hear the prayers of all who suffer from the culture of death
3: Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
2: O my Jesus, forgive us our our sins, sins, save save us from from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, heaven, especially those those most in need of thy mercy. mercy. The Second Sorrowful Mystery The Scourging at the Pillar Falsely accused before Pilate, Jesus is cruelly tied to a pillar and scourged then clothed in a cloak of purple and mocked. Let us pray for all the innocent victims, that by the merits of his most holy passion, Christ might deliver them and grant them eternal life. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven.
3: Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.
2: by asking him if he was the king of the Jews. He is the king of all the world, though whom all things were made. He is the one who will judge the living and the dead at the end of time, yet he is crowned with suffering out of love for us and reparation for our sins. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in
3: heaven. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save save us from from the the fires fires of of hell, and lead Lead all souls to heaven, especially
2: those those in most need of thy thy mercy. mercy. The fourth sorrowful mystery, the carrying of the cross. Three times Christ falls under the weight of the cross as he carries our sins to Calvary. Let us pray for all who struggle to live the gospel of life that they may pick up their crosses and walk the way of sorrows with the Savior of the world. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom
3: come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full
2: of grace, the Lord is with thee.
3: And lead all souls to to heaven, especially especially those in most most
2: need of thy mercy. The fifth sorrowful mystery, the crucifixion. Innocent and without sin, Jesus opens his arms upon the cross out of love for us. Let us join our sufferings and the sufferings of the whole world to his one perfect sacrifice of praise. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is
3: in heaven. O oh my Jesus, forgive, forgive us our, our sins, save us from the, from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most in need
2: of thy mercy. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. Let us pray. O God, whose only begotten Son, by his life, death, and resurrection, has purchased for us the rewards of eternal life, grant we beseech thee that by meditating upon these mysteries of the Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that we may imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise. To the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Immaculate heart of Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit, amen. Every week I'll give a lesson on Mary, because the more we know Mary, the more we can imitate her. And the more we imitate Mary, the more we can promote the culture of life. After speaking with Kathy Hill on Counseling Women, we look to Mary as our counselor. She's the mother of hope. She's the comforter just like your spouse, the Holy Spirit. In John fourteen sixteen, Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And that advocate is the Holy Spirit. You wonder, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit proceeds out of the love between the Father and the Son, and that makes him the third person of the Trinity. He is the Spirit of pure, fiery love. The thing is, wherever the Holy Spirit goes, Mary goes and vice versa because they are intimately connected as spouses. You see, it is through the Holy Spirit that Mary was born immaculate and conceived without sin. She was full of grace. Mary never sinned. She was made spotless so she could be the mother of God. And it was also through the Holy Spirit that God became man within Mary. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word? His name is Jesus, the Messiah of the world. In the 1800s, Mary appeared in Lord's France to a little girl named Bernadette. On that day, she said, I am the Immaculate Conception. What she was stating was a big deal, because I am is stating her name. She took on the name of her spouse just as I took on my husband's name when I got married. The Holy Spirit was the first immaculate conception, out of love between the Father and Son. So she took on that name and took on that purity. Therefore, Mary is the perfect complement to the Holy Trinity, daughter of the Father, mother of the Son, and spouse of the Holy Spirit. And from that apparition came a spring out of the grotto. And for hundreds of years, people have gone to that spring for healing. And there have been many approved miracles by a panel of doctors that can't disprove that that person got cured of cancer or that person all of a sudden could walk when they were stuck in a wheelchair. And there have been many spiritual miracles and conversions. And millions of people go to this apparition spot every year. And I was blessed to be one of them in 2009 when I was pregnant with my daughter. I was seven months pregnant and I got to go in these baths and there's a group of little old ladies that help you into the tub and they have you kiss a statue of Mary. They said, what's your intention? And I said, well, I want a family for my daughter. And they all pray for that intention. And I eventually was granted that wish, that prayer. And now my daughter has a wonderful father and I have a wonderful husband. So like the Holy Spirit, it is her job to be our comforter, our advocate, our counselor and guide. Just like we look to our earthly mothers to nurture us, we look to our heavenly mother to feed us spiritually because it is through her that graces flow. She is the mediatrix of all graces. And if we ask for her healing, she will send her spouse the Holy Spirit to heal our hearts and open the door of our hearts for Jesus to reside. This is especially True for mothers who chose to abort their children. Each woman who receives the gift of a child has said her yes to God, the giver of life. At the moment of conception, there is life in the womb. A little unique soul is waiting to be born. The mother is called by God to participate in his plan of bringing forth her baby and rearing the child unto eternal life. We look to Mary, the mother of God, to help us with that great responsibility. It is a gift that God let us take part in his creation, in his expression of himself. If we reject the unborn, we essentially reject God. If we deny that unborn child has a soul, we deny the very existence of God. But we are all sinners, and we all reject God when we sin. So when I sin, I look to the mother of mercy. She is a consoling mother. She will wipe away your tears and bring you back to her son. Receive the baby Jesus into your arms from Mary and into your heart. It will be the surest way to reconcile yourself with God. Ave Maria. Thank you for listening to a mother's yes, a pro-life show with a message of hope. Tune in next week at 9 a.m. every Saturday morning on Radio Cor Maria.